Uh, what does that even mean? What's your favourite? I know, but... What's your favourite shark? They're all the same. Hi, I'm Ian, he's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys and we're chatting about the USS Indianapolis Men of Honor film as part of Shark Month. It's the Guys on Film podcast. What's a shark's favourite Bible story? What? Um, I don't know, Ollie. What is it? Noah's shark. I mean, it, I, I don't know if, if sharks, you know, have any comprehension of Christianity. Or pairing up two by two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what have Are we got today? Are there any sharks that hunt in pairs? Um, Anybody knows about that, they can let us know at GOF okay. Podcast. Um, so what we've got coming up today, we've got some shark facts. Wow. We've got an in-depth analysis, if it really ever required it, about the film USS Indianapolis. Yeah. Starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And um, some other bits and bobs. You've come up with an idea for a sequel to it. Yeah. No, uh, the, how, what, uh, the remake. Of uh, the remake. Yeah, the so remake. Like, okay, the remaking. I'm just going to pick pick pitch you the remake. That's that's it. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, so we've got loads of shark fun for you. Loads of shark fun. Wow. Uh, and we've had to put some extra effort into this one because the film was uh, so poor that we really mm. needed to, you know, get some more stuff out of it and, and throw you loads of facts and stuff like that. So you're going to learn a lot today. Oh. So... Yeah, what is it about this show, Ollie, that's going to make people... What's, it, what's going to make it worth listening to if the film's not even worth watching? Look, you can't always ensure that every film that we do a notes on is going to be good. I think, the, I think the journey's going to be good. I think the journey yeah, the on journey. this one's it's going to be not, good. It's the journey. That's, what's, that's what you need to do. And, and you know what? We've watched it, so you don't have to. I think it sits in a weird place where it is so bad it's good for some bits, but then it's so bad it's bad for others. So then it sits somewhere in the middle where it's just like... Five out of ten. Is it worth spending the time? I'm not sure it is. But we've spent the time on their behalf, so on the listener's behalf. All right, so shall we get into this? In four gruelling chunks. That's that's how long it took me. I've had to do it in three chunks. Okay. Let's get on with our chunk. It's okay. Um, podcast yeah, time. So, yeah, cool. Uh, jingle. Guys on film. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. You know what guys talk about film. It's the guys on film podcast for real. So the first thing I'm going to just throw at you, like uh, chum in the water, is I've got oh. six um, shark film tropes or just things okay. that you might expect to see in a shark film okay shark trope number one uh, pulling someone out of the water with a shock reveal of a missing limb slash lower half yeah yeah it's good it, agree agree yeah fully agree okay I think uh, that probably works best if you're pulling their legs out and their heads at them. At <laughs> <laughs> what point would you be pulling someone out feet first? Like if they've just like sort of, because uh, they'll be standing on a boat, right? right. And, if and they've they, just tried to dive in. 
And if they're having to lean over the edge, like maybe to like, I don't know, feel the water on their hands as the boat yeah. goes along and then chomp their like heads off. Um, yeah. So are you all right? Pulls them back in. No, they're not. They're heads well, off. What if they, what if they uh, like dive in and as they're diving and you grab their ankles, but you still, they still dunk in the water. So you haven't seen the shark at this point. That's Why where would I think- anyone do that? Well, because they, they, they've seen the fin in the background. Oh, okay. And they're like, no. And then they pull them out and it's just the legs. And you've been eaten in half. Uh, anyway, <laughs> trope, trope number two. Underwater shark cam, first person. Or first mm. shark. Is that still a trope now or is that a cliche? Since uh, uh, where, everyone's what, what, is a, what is a trope? What is a cliche? Trope something that's used regularly, but it's so yeah, cliched okay. to do that now that it's like nobody does anymore. Do you know what I mean? So, so then you would say that it that it is then. Well, I you know the type of thing I think you see this in now is like when um, I don't know some like BBC business program does a thing about like invest investment bankers who are all sharks or something, and they do some shit scene that like people that have been given 20 minutes to put the segment together have to do and it's like a camera going through water after like a toy diver right okay I can mean, you imagine I'll, that uh is it is it or not i mean it is i mean you've just stated it it, it is uh upwards trope number three upwards shot of swimmers suddenly obscured by a shark silhouette uh these are good yeah uh, yes that's yeah, a trope. It's really vivid really vivid too vivid five me would you be seeing their feet um kind of paddling initially yeah. as well yeah 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 okay agreed okay um shark chomping at the camera yes yeah, so yeah, swimming towards you out the dart and there's chomping at the camera almost like sort of down its mouth yeah down its mouth um yeah. someone who never wanted to do the thing anyway so go on the boat, go in the cage. <laughs> you on the podcast. Me on the podcast. So someone who never wanted to do this thing anyway. Yeah. Always the reluctant near sharks person. Yeah, that. <laughs> Reluctantly near sharks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind sharks, but I'm a little reluctant to be near them. <laughs> Tough shit, mate. You're going in them. Uh, <laughs> you're going in the sharks in a shark uh, final trope uh, diving goggle bubbles plus gurgle sound uh, so real real zoom in of, of the diving goggles with the eyes wide open oh I see what you mean yeah okay yeah yeah agreed okay cool uh, have you got so any I more mean- that you want to add um, sharks unrealistically um, swimming completely at water level with their mouth wide open. That's fake news. Yeah. I mean, it's used a lot, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's used in this film we just watched, USS Indianapolis, and it's used a lot in Jaws. One, two, three, the revenge. Yeah. I mean, they might get some kind of wind or gas if they're swallowing too much air. Yeah, because they can get enough of the, the old oxygen out of the water. Exactly. We learned that on episode two. 
Exactly. Um, there we go. And also sharks being around a, a single person for the duration of the film and coming back for more, especially if they're wearing a wetsuit or something like that, is also fake news because they don't tend to do that. Mm, well, you'll be surprised when we start talking about the oceanic white tip sharks. Anyway, uh, USS Indianapolis. The official synopsis. During, during World War II, an American Navy ship is sunk by a Japanese submarine, leaving 300 crewmen stranded in shark-infested waters. 300? Well, that's what it says. I mean, it was way more. It was way more than that, yeah. Yeah, it says 900 on most of the reports I've been reading. But, you know, Hollywood Hollywood budgets, you know, they had to cut it, cut it back a little bit. Um, Over 300 extras. <laughs> so... What what did you think? What's your what's your sort of take home thoughts about about this film? And before before we get into what we liked and what we didn't like, literally the take home of it was this is probably one of the first films that on my commute home I've just gone oh, fuck it, I'll just put it on my phone instead of on an iPad um, because I mean who really wants to watch a film on a phone? It's absolutely tiny. Yeah. Um, and, and would you I just, just listen like, to the audio? Is that is that what you're saying? No, I watched it, but I watched it just super small size. Um, right, postage stamp size. And what I mean by that is just like, I knew that since I'd already watched the start of it at home, fallen asleep to it, not really gotten into it, knowing some of the problems that it was having, I was like, you know what? I don't care if I watch this on my phone. And that pretty much sums up my overall feelings to it. Okay, so just... So, people at, at home understand, this film stars Nicolas Cage as the captain of the ship. So, he's he's your big man. He's, he's the one that... He's the boss. He runs the goddamn show, right? You've got Tom Sizemore, who is down in the engine room, freaking out constantly, being a really terrible actor. A really, really yeah. terrible actor. Uh, Thomas, Thomas Jane, um, who was the Punisher once, he's in it. For, yeah, for yes, about one scene? Yeah. Uh, so he's in it. I think he, he like flies a plane to go and rescue him. Um, and then I saw another guy. Is His name is Johnny Wachter. <laughs> and I, th- I think that might be a fake name. Like yeah. Johnny, Johnny Actor or Johnny W. Actor. Yeah. And who's he? Uh, I don't know. I'm... I'm don't know. So one of my other one of my other thoughts about it is just the incoherent direction. Like it's the reason it's a hard watch. I reckon is just because it's too long. Yeah. It takes about thirty minutes to get to the attack on the ship. Yeah, of just messing about and bullshit. Like there's a scene in a mess hall where just nothing happens, but it's like yeah. this sort of weird camaraderie sort of thing. Loads loads of these scenes that really amount to not much don't build the characters up. And then it's up until like 40 minutes or maybe a bit later till the ship actually sinks. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's based on history and it got yeah. blown up by a Japanese yeah, ship. Go, go but, read a book. but everything up until that, like it's um, it's just sort of incoherent. Like things happen and then they're not followed up and there's a lot of all that nonsense. But it does have its high spots and moments where things happen that are quite good fun. So okay, like what? For for example, well, 
Um, it's quite good fun after the ship's been struck that yeah. Nick Cage yeah. just um, wanders around on the ship's deck. Like, if you don't think about, right, for the next few minutes, I want to be entertained by how the sh- ship sinks and the drama of it all. And instead, yeah. you just concentrate on, let's watch what Nicolas Cage does as he wanders around. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of mode Thinking that I about paying to the rent on his castle. <laughs> yeah. I just tried to get myself in that frame of mind of like, What's Nicolas Cage up to? So he just goes about doing mad yelling. Like, not shouting, <laughs> just yelling. Like, get off! Swim as far as you can! Watch there out was, for oil! There was one scene, especially, where I, I've written a note. Is Nick Cage drunk or what? <laughs> Fuck knows, man. And that Some was reason the, spam, the spam scene. Spam. So they get a, a tin of spam out and everyone's, uh, you know, drooling over it. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage says, spam. <laughs> Is that exactly how he says it? Kind of, yeah, yeah. I'd like you to sample it and stick it in if you've got time. Okay, I'll, I'll, try. I'll try. Um, yeah, he's just, um, he really is not invested in this, but he does a fair bit of shouting. Yeah. Um, He's doing a fair bit of shouting before he then jumps into the water. There's a lot. So basically, the ship is like upended, and there's a lot of guys hanging like the Titanic, and falling off yeah. it. Yeah, after it's kind of snapped. Um, bloody hell, my ship snapped. Um, nobody, nobody dings a propeller on the way down. That's that was annoying. That was very annoying to me. I think they just didn't have the budget for the sort of like realistic Anything. bouncing on the CG. Yeah, I mean, I've I've written down here special effects, but I've put uh, quote marks around special. <laughs> well, here's one thing i but but they weren't good. I would, I actually would contest that, Ollie. Okay, <laughs> let's have a chat about it. No, I just I thought that that when the ship went down, that was the worst effects moment. It was pretty bad. Ian's worst effects moment. <laughs> but the the sharks swimming in amongst them towards the end yeah. looked very realistic to me. Not like uh-huh. the dolphins that you saw flying about looking all weirdly Certainly wet in the shallows. Certainly realistic to you. Um, I mean, your timing on that was pretty off. I mean, um, the, first, the first shot of the shark was nice. I've written yeah. that down. First With, shot uh, of shark was Nick nice. Cage. Yeah, that was a really nice shot. That's the best shot in the film. Wow. Yeah, um, I'd agree. That, that was a really good shot, actually. Um, and you know the thing, just before that, that was one of my points, was whilst uh, Nicolas Cage does lots of shouting, um, you kind of see various guys sort of, he's shouting at them, they jump, they do a plunge, and they're sort of like this easy to understand. He shouts at them, you see them jump, then you see from under the water, they land in the water. Uh-huh. Then he's shouting... You don't see him jump, and suddenly he's free falling through water for ages. Like they just missed the, <laughs> like they just missed the jump moment. And I was like, "Hold on, what is that? Oh, that's him. He's in the water now. How? Yeah." And uh, like you say, Shark. then, as I was reeling on, like why he's already made it into the water, here comes Mister Scary Shark over his shoulder, suddenly which was Mr. actually Shark is, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, like they waste no time as well. It's like you're in the water. Oh, by the way. This is this is sharks postcode, you know. They're here. They live here. You're in their area. This is their yard. Hot sharks in your area. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so you've you've just you've just jumped in. So you know, um, I, I thought it got better as it went on. I, th- I thought the first forty minutes were unbearable almost because they were just like so long. You, and- so long, you know, you know how Hacksaw Ridge kind of had suffered the same issue, but I think because Mal Gibson is a bit of a better director. It, w- it was still kind of interesting. It still built the characters. You still got to know people, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's very similar to to Hacksaw Ridge in its structure. And I, I actually, I think the structure was pretty good. Uh, so you've got like a little bit of character building. Then you've got this disaster in the middle. And then you've got a courtroom drama at, at the end. So I, I quite like that, that structure. Um, but I just didn't think it was the pacing and how they fit that puzzle together just didn't really work, even though it did get gradually better as it went along. It was, it's, it was never particularly brilliant at any of them. The problem I think it, it has is that in all three of those bits that you named there, it's just a series of things happening. <laughs> There's a lot of just stuff and none of it really leads from one part to the next in a logical way. Um, it's worth mentioning when you said um, Mel Gibson and Hacksaw Ridge that the director of this is Mario Von Peebles, uh-huh. who is also the director of Jaws the Revenge. No, he's not. He was he starred in Jaws the Revenge. Oh, he starred in it. He starred in it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he's a he visionary gets, plus actor. Yeah, he gets eaten. Uh, he gets eaten in Jaws the Revenge, but survives it somehow. That's that's the one with the shark that roars. Rawr. He lived to direct a film with Nicolas Cage, so, I mean, you know, proof. Uh, so, there, was a, um, there was a couple of there was a couple of sort of uh, moments that I just wanted to chat about, and and a bit of a comparison to Dunkirk, and and what I liked about Dunkirk and what this did terribly was in Dunkirk you didn't really get any of that my wife back home kind of business, but this yeah. film was literally that almost all the time <laughs> literally that all the way through i mean it, it, it pretty much was um and there was a moment when there was this really bad bit of foreshadowing where i think tom sizemore says well if the japs don't get you the sharks will so i mean like they definitely will then because he, he just explains like no one's asked him but he just explains loads about shark attacks yeah, in the early scenes where he's in, yeah. <laughs> in one of the sort of cabins or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then some guy, like, this is another thing. It's like, what the fuck is this? It may well be that one of the guys on the ship had a dove that wasn't a dove. But yeah. in the case of this film, it just added nothing and you leave going, why did they do that? But basically he's got this dove. And then one of the younger guys calls him out and says, oh, no, that's a white pigeon. Like, you can tell by the length of the tail feathers. Yeah. And he just goes like, hmm. And he walks off. What was that all about? (laughs) Talking of Sizemore. um, Oh, God. The bit with the foot. He's, he, Tom Sizemore gets his leg bitten off. Spoiler yeah. alert. I mean, you're not going to watch this film anyway if you've got any sense. But he gets but to hold on to it like a handbag. He's, he's, he's hugging this his foot like a teddy yeah. bear. It's the worst yeah. acting I've ever seen. Do you, So, like, um, the I think is it McVeigh? Whoever it is that, yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, that's Nicolas, Cage is, yeah, Nicolas the, Cage is the, portraying. Captain, yeah. 
he manages to find some guys on a raft. Sizemore is one of them. And uh, as soon as he arrives, he's like, oh, Captain, you made it. You made it. We made it. As if, like, I, I don't know, he's like acting like he's out of his mind, delirious on the um, salt um, yeah. intoxication. But he's like, do you, do you want any more? Uh, do you have any morphine? And he gives it to him and he starts to feel better and stuff. But then, like, they reveal that he's holding his own leg. And, <laughs> like... Do you waste morphine on dying guys? I don't know. Is that is in that kind of scenario? Is that actually what you use it for? Maybe I think it is. so. I think I think you can. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just okay, give it to them. And he was freaking the f out as well. But the the thing about it is like, look, he's putting a tourniquet on him, but he's he's still alive after he's been out all night with his leg chopped off, or he's been in the water for quite a long time anyway with his leg bit. So. Yeah. Like it was completely off with no tourniquet. He will have bled out. I mean, it it did look like a chunk of um, thick beef jerky as well. So there was no stitching it back on. No, but I mean, he did just have lost too much blood to make any of what happened there plausible or worthwhile. Um, So that was fun. Yeah. Um, And actually, just a similar moment of madness a little bit earlier. Um, the first two guys that you see out in the water when it's daylight are on this like sort of wooden raft, and yeah. uh, my favourite shark attack happens where like it sort of jumps out and does that sort of like big silly face out of the water thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it and it bites one of them, takes it, takes him under the water, and then anyway, I can't remember if one of them dies or they're just bitten or whatever. But either way, <laughs> one of them just says to the other, "This is not safe here." <laughs> No fucking shit. You're in the middle of like open water with no way to get home. No, like even if there weren't sharks, it wouldn't be safe. Then there's a shark attack, and you're like, "This is not safe." Uh, uh, actually, you know what? I don't think this is safe. And that's what I thought. I might not make it. It's the big revelation moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there was another bit of like um, daft explaining in it where. Someone basically asks Nicolas Cage, uh, McVeigh, the, the captain in the courtroom um, about the USS Indianapolis. And he, he describes it as uh, being built like a floating tank, which is ridiculous because it's a warship. It's built like a warship. I mean, what, what does X is built like a, a dinghy or a, a it's a, a, it's a USS Indianapolis. It's a fucking huge floating warship. Right. It just doesn't make sense to describe it as built like a, a tank because, you know, I think anyone can see that it's a, a big, huge, grey, like, hulking beast of a thing. I get I get what you mean. I see what you're saying. Um, but anyway. I, mean, I, think, I guess he sort of thought that maybe the people in the courtroom understood tanks better than they do ships. A lot. All I'm saying is he was mansplaining. Uh, let, anyway. let me explain one military vehicle to you by uh, <laughs> using another military vehicle as an example. Yeah, that wouldn't, that would not float. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. right, Ian, imagine this film. Imagine yeah. this film that I'm pitching you now. So I'm remaking it because my my main criticism is that this is a really really good story. Like it's a brilliant wow. story, um, and and I think that this film just basically did it a disservice. I think it's one of those films that like it has got so much potential, but you know, the ambition 
and the scope and all that are just it just comes short right so anyway imagine imagine this film okay so it, it opens just everyone you know going about their their life on the USS Indianapolis then start sinking but this is all like Nolan style so you're not getting to know anyone just yet but it's like panic and it's claustrophobic and water's coming in yeah and then they're out in the water and the and the ocean part plays out but better yeah you start getting to know a few people a few personalities and you know and it's gory AF it's horrible like visceral okay and then you know Tom Hanks is Nicolas Cage yeah or if he's deemed too old and they can't sort it out with CG get Matthew McConaughey okay because we need someone that can cry Uh in the courtroom okay. okay 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 they get they get rescued it's emotional AF um then the court case takes more time is more in depth and is way more emotional edge of prison shit like he's you know you you think he's going to he's going down for this mm-hmm. you think then boom the big twist the japanese sub captain comes in and gets cross examined and it's it's good it's a big scene it's emotional emotional Super victory time. for everyone you know Credits roll, directed by Mal Gibson, Oscars, everything. Brilliant film. What do you reckon? Uh, I mean, you've just basically said do it again, but with slightly better actors and imagine that it's better. Yeah. But I'm saying cut out the bad bit at the start, the the terrible 40 minutes at the start. Yeah. And just make it visceral, gory, have Matthew McConaughey or Tom Hanks in it, whichever one fits and works, and then a better court, like brutal court case, talking like horrible. Okay. Horrible court case. Ah, Jesus Christ, he's not going to make it. Then bang, in comes the Japanese sub-captain to save the day. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mal Gibson, smash it. I'd probably greenlight it. I just I felt like I was waiting for you to come up with some sort of big selling oh, point there. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. You've fine. had you've light, had listeners light. waiting for this big sort of pitch that you've got, but I mean, you don't have the X factor here. Better CG. No CG. No CG. All no right, CG. That's, that's it. He's clinched okay. it. Men will, <laughs> yes. men will die at the hands of sharks. Sharks don't even have hands. In the ninety, in the ninety-third minute, he's scored. Okay, he's um, through to the finals, like Croatia. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, okay. Have you got? Have you got anything more about this film? I mean, there's some. Um, I've got some facts. I've got facts as well. Should we? Sh- Go on. Facts. Some facts. Go on. All right. On the shark attacks. Um, there's a fair bit about this oceanic white tip shark being one that actually does like eating people. So contrary to contrary to what we said during last week's show, when we were talking about the um, realism of whether or not the shark would continue Mm -hmm. to chase down um, Blake Lively, because like once they give it a bite, they don't want a human. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let it taste that. Well, apparently these ones do. Um, they're up for it 
Yeah, so what are they called? The Oceanic White Tip, is that right? Yeah, and apparently they're well known for um, not just in this particular shipwreck, but in other shipwrecks to have gone after people. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I've got lots of facts about them. Joke. So, can I just? I'll just give you one one fact that I've got. So, just on the on this, like, you know, what sharks do and don't attack people. So, there is actually uh, a more well more than. Four four hundred and eighty shark species. Okay, so that's a lot of species of shark, but only three of those are responsible for two-digit numbers of fatal, unprovoked attacks on humans. Okay. Okay. And now, so there are there are different different types of uh, attacks. So there's a provoked attack, and yep. that occurs when a human touches a shark, pokes it, teases it. I don't know if that's like mentally, like calling it names, like you're a stinky shark oh you fucking wide mouth yeah oi what oi teeth Game. you've got a mad, you've got a well mad smile on eh <laughs> what's so funny oi mate what's so funny what are you laughing at uh yep uh, spears or hooks or nets or otherwise aggravating or provoking the animal in a certain manner so you know that's that's kind of a provoked attack and then an unprovoked attack are initiated by the shark so the shark's having a go, and these mostly occur in a shark's natural habitat. So, you know, you're in their zone, you're in their hood, okay? Um, and this is on a human without without provocation at all. And there's actually three subcategories of unprovoked attack. Did you know this? No. Do I want the to hit know? and run attack. No, well, you're going to find out. It's interesting. The hit and run attack usually non-fatal. So that's the shark bites and then leaves. Most victims don't see the shark and this is the most common type of attack. And normally it's on surfers or something like that, yeah? And it's, <laughs> it's mistaken identity. The shark thinks the surfer is a sea lion or, you know, or some kind of prey. The sneak attack. Uh, the victim will not usually see the shark and may sustain multiple deep bites. This kind of attack is predatory in nature and is often carried out with the intention of consuming the victim, but it's extraordinarily, extraordinarily rare, rare for this to occur. And finally, you've got the bump and bite. Uh, the shark circles and bumps the victim before biting. Great whites are known to do this on occasion, referred to as a test bite, uh, in which the great white is attempting to identify what is being bitten. So, and it will off, it'll do that because they, they have this, I think it's, um, they sense things in a, in a, in a different way, like with like kind of, kind of electro waves and stuff like that, that you, you know, you have through your muscles and stuff, you know, I mean, this isn't a science program by any, by any means, but if well, someone's, but they can sense that if there's like unnatural materials on a, on a person, like a, a wetsuit or um gas any air canisters of, any anything like that from your ain't shed not bothered. That sort of thing. ain't bothered and they can you know that then you know there are there is footage of of people swimming amongst most types of sharks because they're not bothered because they're they're wearing you know stuff that to them isn't tasty yeah you know it's like i don't know like what sort of food do you hate imagine if someone was like going around a buffet and they had a load of I don't know, Co raw cauliflower or something. Would you go and eat the raw cauliflower? I quite like cauliflower. I don't like courgette. Or a courgette. Appreciate. They've got courgettes. Would you go Would you go for the courgettes or would you go for the, 
you know, mini volivants or I mean, you know, if if they were as pizzas. scared of me as humans are sharks, I think I'd go and at least give them a couple of test bites <laughs> to see if see they're cucumbers. Happens. Yeah. Um. So of so for the um. Oceanic white tips. These, I, I actually wonder how we categorize this type of um, attack. But basically, I've got something here that explains that um, about how they're blamed for hundreds of shipwreck deaths. Um, the examples throughout history where after shipwreck has occurred, oceanic white tips will opportunistically feed on the victims. Uh, there are two very famous examples. One obviously is the USS Indianapolis. And the other is um, in the same year, wow, um, a steamship okay. sunk outside the coast of South Africa. And uh, the white tip sharks were responsible for the deaths of around, well, believed to be a thousand passengers, which is fucking loads. Jesus. Now, I mean, some of them might have drowned, but like there were a thousand yeah. passengers and they believed that the sharks had their merry way with them. So that's a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from the shark deaths, um, have you read much more about like the um, other stuff that the 316 uh, survivors managed to avoid from the USS Indianapolis? There's st- no. other stuff that was killing people. So there's hyper hypernatremia, which is basically when your body will go- body goes salt as fuck. Um, okay. Basically, when people are accidentally drinking or gulping down salt water, and it's yeah. also being um, absorbed their by their person. body, yeah, yeah, absorbed through skin, absorbed through skin, uh, and it can. So basically, when your imbalance goes like that, it can happen for people that are just not well hydrated, but the effects are much less um, severe. But when it gets really bad, it can uh, result in bleeds in or around the brain. Okay. Um, and it also leads to um, some of like the mania and psychosis that they kind of partially explored in the film, but I wish they'd done a lot more with. Um, yeah. Sort of yeah. dream that, and that's, of And that's madness. what my film would deal with. You know, it would deal with everything. It would deal with how brutal it is. The survive- Mel Gibson would just go to town on it. Would he have mad, like, sort of psychotic dream sequences? Like loads of chapped lips. Okay, chapped like lips. Chapped, sure. chapped lips that just look like you. Chapped just, lips that won't like you, if quit. You've, if you've got a chapstick in your pocket, this film will make you apply chapstick just through how badly people's lips are chapped in this film. <laughs> okay, um, and then another another thing was um, you might actually quite like this. We're going to talk about exposure. You're quite into that, oh. aren't you? Um, Paradoxical undressing. Ever heard of that? No. Something you do in your shed, that's all. <laughs> For God's sake. Um, exposure is essentially sort of a type of hypothermia. So a lot of them died based on that just because their body got so cold. Paradoxical undressing is where once you get so cold, you begin to feel warm and you begin to take your clothes off to try and cool down. Yes. Yes. Um, your your mind's just playing mad I, tricks I, on you. I, I understand that, yeah. Yeah, I get that on you, yeah. Yeah, I get that. Phantom clothes, phantom heat. Yeah. You're always stripping down for no reason. Um, and that's it for the sort of death types. I did have a couple of other notes just about um, the shipwreck. So do you want to join me in a farty submersible for another time? Okay. 
Just one more. Okay, so uh, it wasn't James Cameron that discovered the ship in 2017. It was, in fact, Paul Allen, who's like some sort of trillion, billion, trillion, bazillionaire who was to do yeah. with uh, Microsoft. Right. Um, but basically, he went down and did an ex- uh, expedition to find the shipwreck, and they've got footage of an it. Exhibition. And- <laughs> um, I've got an exhibition. Actually, funnily enough, this is kind of he what has. I'm leading to. Yeah. No, well, it's it's been retained, and um, basically, they're not disclosing the location and keeping it a mad mystery because okay. it it's a war grave and it needs to be preserved. Yeah. And. Um, sure. It's, it was weird because I watched this American news report on it, and the way the reporter was talking about it was like, <laughs> like the reporter was almost acting like, "Hey, uh, don't you go looking for it?" Because they haven't disclosed the, disclosed the exact location. <laughs> but it just made you think as you watched it, like, "Oh God, I wonder where it actually is." Like it, it was yeah. made intentionally to intrigue you into trying to find out where it is, and then going and stealing bits from it. <laughs> But yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's in an undisclosed location, which is a mile deeper than the Titanic is in the water. Wow! And, um, okay. This guy Paul Allen fact. was the first man down there. Okay, um, I've just got a couple more things. Um, what's your? That's the fat shark? zone over. What's your favourite shark? My favourite shark. Um, shit question, by the way, Ollie. But it's it's not. Probably... It's not. It's not. How is it a shit question? I mean. It's hard to distinguish clearly between the personalities of the variety of sharks that you see on screen, isn't it? But visually, visually, what's you know your favourite type of shark? Hammerhead, goblin, you know. Oh, I thought you white. meant in films. Not really. No, I just mean in in real life. All right, my favourite one from films is the one that Ace Ventura rides around inside the shark tank. <laughs> Agree. Because it's got like a sort, it's like basically like a rodeo bronco, but with a sort of rubbery, bendy shark body. Yeah. Um, which is good. But my favourite shark type, I'd have to say, um, like tiger shark. Okay. Or Hammerhead. Hammerhead's pretty snazzy. Hammerhead's well, pretty though. cool, aren't they? Yeah. They're the ones Weird in school eyes. that they're the ones in yeah. school that you're like, What? Yeah, what the hell made that happen? Miss, miss, is that even <laughs> real? Or is that a dinosaur sitting? Is that CG or what? <laughs> <laughs> is that shark like CG or something? Um yeah, that's my favourite. What about you? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go hammerhead as well. I, I like the hammerhead. I think it's pretty cool. But I also like the uh, whale shark as well. Big old, big old friendly giant of the sea. Huge, yeah. Um, Huge. It's funny because a lot of car manufacturers try and make their cool sports cars look like sort of great white sharks, don't they? Yeah, like yeah, that's true. Yeah, thin Sweet, eyes, pointy. Yeah, like sort of BMWs or you know other car types are available. Imagine they started making cars look like hammerheads, which are clearly, I mean, based on our two-man voting system, they're clearly the coolest. What about uh, Formula One cars? Are they not quite hammerheady? Just because the the wheels sticking out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Uh, yeah, you're right. A little bit. Okay, cool. What if they put the wheels on the end of the front wing, like the eyes? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that axle works, but, you know. Anyway, enough car chat. Yeah, um, I did actually try and find some reviews on Common Sense Media of 
USS Indianapolis. However, there weren't any. And when I typed in Men of Courage, it came up with Rambo 2. So here's two reviews for a Man of Courage, John Rambo, in John Rambo 2. Okay. Uh, what, what's it called? What's Rambo 2 called? Um, so the first Rambo one is first, one blood. Is first blood. First Blood, and the second one is Rambo 2. Uh, sorry, no, sorry. Rambo First Blood Part 2. Ah, oh, yeah. Bing. Bing. Uh, okay, so this one's from a 13-year-old. And he says, a more violent, cartoonish, boring movie than the first. So this is Rambo. Okay, Rambo 2. Okay. This film was boring. Very violent piece of crap. It looked good, but was not. It was very dumb. Get Rambo 3 if you want more boring, violent piece of crap. I say rent it. Okay. But Ian, just four years younger, if you're nine years old, then get a load of this. One word to describe this movie. Boom! Wow. It's so over the top, you would not even think it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. I mean, I like Rambo too. But it is entertaining, so it's pretty good. A minus. Okay, A minus. It's very good that kids are able to sort of grade to that level of specificity. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, do you want do you want have an, a fact about USS Indianapolis? Go on. Okay, so the scenes that are set on the Indianapolis were actually filmed aboard the USS Alabama, which is docked in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Man. Guess what other film that was uh, used to film on? Battleship. No, Under Siege, 1992. Under Siege. Ah, Steven Seagal, the tenuous link back to um, The Shallows. Shallows. Yeah. Um, Also in that film, Steven Seagal. Pretty good. Uh, So we've just got one final final thing before we go. Okay. Unless you've desperately got something. But, I mean, you know, we have run out of time now. Can it wait for next week, whatever you've got? I've got nothing. Okay. Uh, Ian, open YouTube. Okay. Okay, I'll open it with you just so I make sure you get the right Ta- thing. Have you have right. you opened YouTube? YouTube open verified. Okay, place your cursor in the search bar and type in the Meg trailer and then hit enter. The Meg trailer. Enter. Okay, uh, and now I need you to find the third one down. It says the Meg International Trailer Number Two. Okay, that's the fourth one really, down for me. Really, 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 really carefully. You might... We have a serious problem. What's up? <laughs> we have a serious problem. Did you hear that? I Just heard play that. it one more time. One more I... time. We have a serious problem. What's up? Now, I can hear what they've done there. Okay. I I mean, I want to dissect it just quickly. Um, Um, So the first voice you hear, we have a serious. That's a different person. That's Rain Wilson. The second person that says problem is Jason Statham. And they've spliced both of those together. Now, my question is... My question is, right, have they done that on purpose because one is interrupting the other or are they trying to fool us? 
No, I think it's uh, it's a conversation. They may have sped it up slightly for the trailer or omitted important parts, but what's happening is one of them saying we have a serious and uh, Statham saying problem, thought so. But what I would say is at, at this point, there is nothing on the screen. It's just black. Sure. So there's the, so it just sounds like bad. We have a serious What's up? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to get that conversation interruption from the edit there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it is. I mean, unless you'd asked me to begin listening to this from an audio mixing and uh, dialogue point of view, I would not have really got what was going on. But then I don't think that early in the trailer is they're just doing the first plinks of sort of like soundtrack. I yeah. don't think I'd even be listening to the words that are being said. I would just be kind of getting my bearings visually and... What do you getting your bearings? What if you'd watched two trailers before it and you've already got your bearings? It, huh? It's all in and of itself, mate. With each trailer, you, like, it's stupid It's stupid that in the first six seconds they're already having, like, a sort of snipped-off conversation because at that point in the trailer, I just want scene setting. Like just I mean, they are of- setting the scene. There's a serious problem. I mean, there's yeah, a serious... But, but I don't... I, all I want is, like, the mood and atmosphere first, and then they can introduce the problem. The serious problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the same as, it's the, same as the full movie. Sort of, like, a third of the way in, you want the problem to reveal itself. Yeah. The start, that's all just sort of scene setting, isn't it? Yeah, True. And then, you know, you can build it up to maybe in the last third something that hasn't been revealed in the previous trailers revealed. And that's like, whoa, a twist. You're off to the finish line with like mad words like this summer and all that sort of shit. God, I should get into this. I should get into this. Into trailer making, yeah. Okay. Uh, Cool. Well, there there we go. Uh, What's going to be next week? Have we got any idea? Because we're doing one more notes on. We're going to do one this more notes on sharks. So I think possibly what we should do is put out to a vote a couple of options that we have and then see what people think. Um, okay. Op- options that spring to mind, you've mentioned them, but Sharknado, that's... Jaws 2, maybe? Jaws 2. Um, yeah. Sharknado, those are good options. Deep Blue Sea? Deep Blue Sea, I think, yeah, is good because it's less serious, right? It's a bit more of the top. Yeah, probably one I can watch with the, with the kids as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll see. There are options. Let's get them on Twitter and see what people um, think about them. Give us a vote. One other thing I was going to say, just as we sign off, I'd like to send people towards facebook.com forward slash guys on film or to follow us on Twitter at GOF Podcast. But if you go on either of those things, pick up the, the top tweets or um, posts that are on there that are pinned to the top. And go and give us some feedback on our survey because we'd quite like to hear what people think about the podcast. And that would be, yeah. it would just be helpful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we've had some people do it already and quite insightful. Um, yeah. And it'd be good to just hear what people reckon about it. That'd be cool. Definitely. I think that's it, really, for the week. Yeah. And tweet us anything else that you want and tell us what you think about Shark Month and Week. Yeah, um, we, we were episode. actually tweeted about. Um, we were tweeted about Die Hard today. It's 30 years since Die Hard was released. So happy birthday, Die Hard. Yippee Kaye. Um, and we were also tweeted about how many films have we seen this year so far. Okay. Um, 
and someone's come in with a with a pretty high number i think it's in the 60s like 61 or something like that okay. uh, so we're gonna tot it up but it's gonna take a little bit of time so i think we need to go through um you know the months and have a good old rattle our brains about what we've what we've actually seen uh, okay. in the last year so we'll we'll reveal that at the end of the month what we've seen rather than rush it in a notes on episodes so you've got that to look forward to in a uh, two episodes time wow but that's the sort of tweets we like getting you know stuff that's uh you know fully interactive the how many how many movies have you seen this year interactive special is coming <laughs> yeah okay cool um thanks for listening Okay. Bye. Bye.